Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. Hey, great afternoon, mortgage and real estate world, especially great afternoon to all of the leaders that are joining us for our live broadcast. Uh, Dave Savage and I are just connecting today and we have a deep desire to speak to the, uh, the country, to speak to everybody that's in mortgage and real estate, and especially to everybody that wants to lead at the highest level possible and get ready to rock and roll for 2021 and beyond. So I am going to get started and I want to welcome my good friend, Dave Savage. Uh, he and I are doing this gig together and we have one, one outcome. We want to, we want to impact leadership. We want to make an impact in the way that you lead, maybe even some of the thoughts that you lead with. And specifically, we want to talk about five changes that we think are specifically important for leaders to grab so that they can effectively guide their teams through the balance of the year and into 2021. Savage, welcome. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, it's good to see you, brother. And I am super pumped to do a call on leadership with you. Uh, I talk about it all the time from stage because people think of me as Mr. You know, either tech guy or lead conversion guy. And I, yeah, I think I'm both of those. But at the end of the day, no one uses technology and no one follows the best practices of lead conversion without leadership. And and so I, I think this is going to be a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah. And so we're going to go hard for an hour, everybody. And this is being broadcast on both Dave's and my YouTube channels through our two Facebook pages, through our HighTrust.com page. And you're going to be able to see it on our social as well. You'll notice in the right hand side of the panel, if you're live with us and or online, you can post a question feedback anytime you want. Dave and I both have the live comments panels open. And as comments and questions come in, we are happy to address those as we rock and roll. So Dave, let's let's get started. We were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago about this idea and, and we were kind of brainstorming changes that we thought leaders needed to really either do a gut check on or begin to move in that direction. Before we jump into it, what's your 60 second just kind of overview on leadership today uh, in the space in mortgage, real estate, lending? Well, I mean, a lot of uh, leadership principles are no different today than they've always been, other than I do think the war for attention and trust is more intense than ever. I think, one, it's got to be virtual. We've got to be able to, to not only wow, but to get attention and a trust in a virtual world. Grandma knows what Zoom is now. So all consumers, all people, friends, we need to influence and we need to get their attention. And there are very specific tactics, strategies, technologies that give people an advantage to get attention and trust. So I think I think that's it. It's just but how do we how do we how do we do what we did on a stage with music, with a personal connection? What did we do when we were knee to knee with someone? Uh, how do we have that same level of impact uh, when we're not? And and while we will get back, I don't know what the future of normal will. But post-COVID, we will be getting needed knee. There will be events. But guys, there's going to be a lot more virtual events forever. So so how do we lead in those markets? So those are yeah. some thoughts. No, it's huge. And this idea of leadership matters, it's kind of, kind of a double entendre. What that means is the title of this one hour together with you as leaders is there are matters of leadership. And at the same time, simultaneously, the message is your leadership really matters. And so Dave started out with trust. And I think the, the first change that I would like to recommend that leaders do a gut check on is um, the idea that, that leadership matters, particularly when it comes to CEO trust. There's many CEOs that are on this live broadcast. There's probably a lot of senior C-suite executives, heads of production, so on and so forth. And what we see in the world today is that CEOs are the ignite point of trust. And at, at the highest level of any organization, it's interesting to see what employees are actually looking for from CEOs. So a couple of things we know, we know that number one, uh, trust is the number one leadership requirement today in the market we're in. Secondly, what we do know for sure is that trust is the 
Uh, it is the disruption in terms of brand and employee retention and development. And so if people are in an organization and they don't trust at the highest level leadership, there's, there's a gap, there's a, there's a, there's a problem. <clears throat> What's interesting about some of the studies we have is this comes out of a global survey. There are 25 countries in this survey, the US obviously being one of them. But it's interesting that the survey results represent about 85% of the mass population in these 25 countries. And from the business sector, what we know, and I'm going to give you a couple stats here, is seven out of 10 employees say that building trust is the number one job for CEOs. And they rank it ahead of products, technology, and services. Those are all sub to the idea of CEOs need to lead with trust. And here's what probably is going to blow your mind. <clears throat> the, the survey results that we have, again, 25 modernized countries around the world, one of the results is that last year, the United States had the steepest decline out of any of those 25 countries in both the informed public and the general population. If you can think about that for a second, the steepest drop, who was behind us? United Arab Emirates, they were behind us. Hong Kong was behind us. Brazil was behind us. Colombia was behind us. France was behind us, but they were all further than all the others. The US was number one. We lost 20 points in the Global Trust Index last year. And now let's take it into our niche. Let's take it into financial services. When we look at financial services, what we're looking at is that, that the high level insights are um, our vertical is challenged with trust. Financial services, whether it's banking, lending, financial planning, wealth management, all of that is under suspicion. So when we look at, we look at trust at large, Dave, with, with CEOs and with leaders, we, we have this kind of ripple effect, right? That everything starts with the leader of, of any team size, but at the CEO level, you've got to trust your team. Your team has to trust you. Everybody needs to trust the team. And then everybody's clients need to trust the team's team. And it's just, it's this thing that continues to, to develop. And so one high level piece of research, 92% of respondents to this global survey, survey um, said it is important for my employers CEOs to speak out on one or more of these issues. The number one issue was it's time for bold learning at scale. So employees are saying that one of the ways they can trust an organization is if the organization provides a learning path for them training path, right? You mentioned virtual, you mentioned sales mastery, you know, we are going to help companies this year learn at scale in a way that we haven't been able to do because technology hasn't been where it needs to be. And right now it's there. These people go on to say that they want to see CEOs um, really address the impact. You'll love this, Dave, of technology on the consumer experience. They really want to understand the technology play, good or bad, right? Great technology, bad technology. They want to understand that. They also want to be able to, to realize that a company has to have a societal cause and an ethical culture. Those are the things that are coming in as it relates to trust from CEOs. So I don't know what that, that stimulates in terms of our thinking here, but Every organization, um, and Mark Benioff said this from Salesforce, he said, if you don't have as your number one core value as a CEO, trust, you have nothing. And I think coming from a guy that has the largest CRM in the world, you know, I, I think that's an, a, an important thing to consider. So this is what employees are saying, whether it's an LO, whether it's an ops person, whether it's somebody on the executive team in accounting and shipping, insuring, whomever, trust is the number one thing right now that employees want from their leaders. What do you think about that? Yeah, there's 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 no doubt about that. I mean, I, I talk to enough loan officers, whether they're coming to a new company or they're changing companies, often it has to do with, you know, lost trust through either lack of transparency, lack of leadership. Um, it's it's the the magnet, it's a reason to come to you know to be recruited. And whether it's the CEO or whether you're an individual loan officer, this is this is what everything is built on. And I, I do believe we do live in a world now. And if, if it was smart and a competitive advantage to unlearn, relearn things faster than others, guys, the COVID quarantine that we have all been through has accelerated that. Uh, it's more important than ever that we, we unlearn, relearn, new processes, new ways of communicating, uh, 
leveraging video, leveraging virtual experiences. Uh, the, the leaders and the CEOs that do this have a competitive advantage. And so I think that's, that's absolutely true. It's absolutely obvious. It's still, though, you know, kind of this Pedro's principle, 20% are doing it and 80% aren't leveraging it. And uh, I know we're going to talk about sales mastery, but I do think it's one of those things that's so important that it, people get behind it at the C-suite, at the head of production. Uh, you know, the companies that do the best job with learning, and, and that has to do with rolling out Mortgage Coach. I have companies that roll out Mortgage Coach. They have every integration, and they have, let's just say, not the level of success they wanted. I have companies that roll out Mortgage Coach. They don't have as many integrations, but they put the right amount of leadership around it, and they kill it. The, but here's, guys, here's, the, here's the deal. The combination of technology, great integrations, great leadership, and a CEO and a head of production, and the regionals, the ripple effect of leadership, that's how you make change. That's how you win in the market of today. Yeah. And, and that's how you're going to win in 2021 and beyond. And I think it, you know, it's safe to say right here, guys, as we, we kind of talk about this first point of, of people really desire trust at the highest level of leadership possible. Um, if people don't trust at the highest leadership level, they don't perform. And I think what's interesting is, as we look at um, operations, as we look at teams, as we look at uh, the interaction of trust between, you know, the people that represent our brand and the realtor, the builder, the, the third party business owner, all the way down to the consumer. The one thing that you can bet on is that trust and technology and technology and trust are going to be the thing that adds to the efficiency and to the brand attraction of any brand that really understands the power of these two things. And when we look at employee performance, if they don't trust leadership, they're busy, but they're not working. If they don't trust leadership at the highest level, they come to work and they're not engaged. And what we know is that, 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 that this transcends just the normal kind of wake up and go lead the charge. This is about relationship. It's about CEOs taking charge of the trust culture and the way that technology affects that trust culture. It's also about understanding that employees want to be more involved and they want more um, uh, awareness and understanding and they feel that they want to voice in helping shape the destiny of the company. And in fact, one of the stats we have is 73% of employees that are surveyed in this, this global survey want an opportunity through their leaders to shape the future of society and they want to be included in planning and execution. So it's kind of interesting when we stop stop and think about you know traditional leadership models. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are probably going to be watching this, Dave. Where I can tell you right now, they they have the heart of trust at the highest level possible. And I know that societally and from a culture standpoint, they're give back companies. They want to make a dent in the universe, and they want to rally their team around their cause, which has to go way beyond right just doing mortgages and way beyond just selling real estate. It's it. I, I believe <clears throat> that pursuing the highest levels of trust as a leader is the number one thing that you can count on that will give you everything that is possible that you have access to as a leader. And I can say without trust, you have you have nothing. And that's maybe a stated obvious, but it is amazing to me just how subtle the break in trust are. One of the things that we tell people is trust is the most important thing to have. It's the hardest to gain. It's the easiest to lose. And it must be cherished. So whatever you can do at the leadership level to really step up and have a belief-driven culture around trust and vulnerability and honesty and 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 really um, subordinate the the traditional I'm leading the charge to I'm a guide I'm a guide my employees are my heroes you know they're the ones that are making a difference in the lives of consumers borrowers sellers buyers it's really 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 important so that's number one so leadership matters is so, consumer. Well before we go off number one, and this this we'll talk about more when we get to number two and consumer trust. But I do to all the CEOs, the head of productions that are doing Zoom, I I too often are seeing leaders, you know, get on Zoom or get on a leadership and not even turn on the camera. So it's a nameplate. And every time you've got your crew and you have an audience, it's an opportunity to connect on a personal level. So one, I would push you and urge you to turn on the camera and connect with your folks because you, you're not getting knee to knee with them as much. And, you know, we don't mm -hmm. know exactly how long and in different markets until you'll get back to whatever the, 
the new normal is. So every time you can turn on a camera and connect, turn it on. Um, I want to push you guys while you don't need to have this super expensive studio. Be intentional. Be thoughtful about what is in your background. Make sure there's enough lighting that they can see your eyes. And and make sure you know what the camera is. You know, the the, the audience is the camera. It's not your screen over here. So we'll talk about some of this more in the next one. But for all you managers, CEOs, um, turn on the camera and create as much trust and personal connection as you can in the virtual world that we live in today. And I do believe we will be delivering leadership virtually um, more forever. Like, like it has changed. Grandma knows what Zoom is. I think I already said it, but <laughs> say it again for emphasis. Although my 88-year-old mother, who is a grandmother, um, when she when she pulls her phone out, she's actually she's actually not looking at the uh, camera. She's she's looking at her home button, and so she's looking down at her home button. So all we see is this up here. Bless her heart, but she still knows. And that's, she and knows that's how okay. to FaceTime at 88 years old. <laughs> that's okay for grandma. That's not okay for the CEO of a high-performance, yeah. fast-growth company. Yeah. 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 Cool, 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 cool. Well, what's the second thing? You know, the second thing is today more than ever, consumers are in control. And I think the second leadership matters is it matters when it comes to consumer trust. And I have to tell you that that I think at the end of the day, everybody's watching what's happening in terms of the, the consumer having more control over what they're doing, with whom they're doing it, when they're doing it. I think the consumer has more control today than ever about the choices. And I think today that... Um, that decisions are being made much more quickly, which means that we have to have the ability to accelerate consumer trust in everything we do. Consumer trust has to be accelerated and not interrupted with our technology. Consumer trust has to be accelerated and not interrupted because we have low skill sets and we don't know how to lead with the right questions when as an LO, we're talking with the borrower. We, we have to understand that that there's three things that I think every company represented on, on this, this uh, global webinar today wants. I think, I think you want you want to you want to create an amazing customer experience. I think you want to see that customer experience yield more and more referrals. And I think that what you want to do is you want to see that customer have brand lock-in. Whatever your brand is, you want the experience to be so large and so impactful and so amazing that there's never a thought in that person's mind that they would ever do what they're doing with you with any one of your competitors. And I am, I'm speaking to, to LOs every single day. I've got a very high-end elite coaching group. Uh, I was on the phone today with seven different CEOs and everybody understands that the consumer decisions are being made very, very quickly today. And so we, we do need deeper trust in the way and the speed with which we push any tension out of a conversation and we immediately come into a dialogue that attracts, that asks questions where people are responsive and to interrupt the thinking that most consumers have about the mortgage experience or even getting a loan to understanding it's a much deeper, much longer, much more real and enlivening conversation if you do it right. There's two things that I want to bring bring to, to light here. You know, one of them is just the whole idea of, of you guys as leaders, take a gut check. Whomever's watching this, take a gut check on what are you doing organizationally from contact to closing and beyond? What are you doing right now beyond just milestone announcements, beyond just the normal stuff that today is needed to play the game? What are you doing to create a positive emotional connection at every stage of the consumer experience with a borrower, with a realtor, with a builder? Tony Shea, who's the founder of Zappos, said that every call is perceived as a way to make a positive emotional connection with the customer. Today's customer must be positively, emotionally, and memorably impact, impacted at every level of his or her commercial experience. I think why high trust and I think why every family deserves a total cost analysis is because that's one of the ways that we can tap into the emotional goals that people have and make recommendation and have conversation that is second to none. And I think today, Dave, 
we are we're so busy in the industry, which is a blessing, right? Rates are lower than they have ever been, which is a blessing. Pipelines are like the king's feast, right? We're full and more food just keeps getting served. And June's probably going to be a record month when it's all, all the numbers are said and done. But the question is not how many loans we do. The question is how many consumers do we impact in such a way that they will trust our brand forever and become an ambassador for the brand. And I think it's just, I think it's <clears throat> direly important that leaders understand that your team is an extension of your pride and purpose for why you started your company in the first place. And we've got to understand the consumer trust piece is the numero uno thing that lowers your cost of acquisition, that ex um, expressly expands your referability and the marketplaces in which you get, and which causes brand lock-in, which is people stay with you. They stay with you because they do not want to risk um, a poor experience because yours was so superior. And one other stat, and then Dave, you can comment on this, one other stat, which is interesting, because I know everybody, I mean, everybody at the C-suite level, any, any of the branch managers that run P&Ls, I mean, everybody should be concerned with two things as they look at their business, even though we have bursting pipelines. You should look at how many conversations you're having with potential applicants, and you should look at what is that conversion rate. And you should be looking at what kind of sales growth you have independent of a low rate environment driving capacity like it is today. And you should look at that and see what kind of growth you have year on year compared to the markets and the companies that you compete against. And what Gallup says, and this is interesting from a profit and loss standpoint and a cash flow standpoint, what Gallup says is that if we create deep emotional connection with consumer, which requires, by the way, that everybody in the company has deep emotional connection. If we create, create deep emotional connection through the questions we ask and the experience we create, what ends up happening is we get about a 26% lift in gross margin. Just put that into your P&L model and look at what a 20%, 26% lift in gross margin looks like. We also, according to Gallup, were able to see a sales improvement of 85% in terms of sales growth. So I am really wanting to speak, particularly this year at Sales Mastery, we want to talk about what does 10Xing the consumer experience look like? We want to really talk about when it, when it comes to the consumer experience, you're never going to be done figuring out how to blow their mind. And I'm telling you right now, the, the more that we do that and the more intentionally we blow consumers' minds about making this experience amazing, the more referability we're going to have, the more stick to we're going to have, the less fallout we're going to have. We don't want to spend labor dollars on loans that never make it to the finish line. All of this resonates with consumer trust. And um, there's a lot of stats on, 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 on what it says to us. Um, let me just give you five and then Dave, you can share some comments. So based on this global research report that we generated, 41% of consumers that have a positive first experience will move forward immediately, four out of 10. So that's 40%. Um, look at any mortgage company and look at any conversion rate and ask yourself, are four out of 10 moving forward? That's huge. 31% will immediately recommend the brand to others after that first experience. And then it kind of goes down, but these are all good. 16% reviewed the brand and based on their experience, shared positive reviews in the first 24 hours of a positive experience. 15%, getting back to margin, 15% paid a premium. And I don't want to. I don't want anybody to think we're charging a premium to do mortgages, but we certainly have this idea of concession and things like that. And so, if the consumer experience is like lights out, people pay more, and those are stats that are just amazing, and they refer more. So, Dave, what's your thoughts on consumer trust? So, my thoughts are it's never been easier. It's never been easier to connect with a family. We've we we know what to do. Uh, I interviewed a, a top performing loan officer yesterday. In a year and a half, his conversion was averaging around 17%. And today it's 28%. His price exceptions have gone down. His production has gone up. He's gonna he's closing over 50 loans this month. Yep. You can check out that interview. It's my most recent interview in our YouTube channel. Uh, but it was really simple. He did some very, very easy things to do that are also very easy not to do. And one of those is it's the hallmark of high trust selling. And it's ask a family, what are your hopes, dreams, and your goals? 
I, I interviewed a $100 million producer um, about two weeks ago. And, and he was actually going to buy a home on the beach. And he went and shopped six different lenders. And not one of them asked him what his goals were. Like, what is your, where do you want to be in three years? Where do you want to be in five years? Forget about hopes, dreams, and goals. They didn't even ask him what his goals were. So, so we know that if you ask a family what their goals are, you're going to, one, give a higher level of service to the family, and you're going to deliver a higher level of value, and you're going to improve conversion. We, we know the, the same loan officer I interviewed, all he did is started taking the hopes, dreams, and goals, giving a family options, saying, hey, here's not one loan, rate, payment, cash to close, no transparency, but let's give them a couple loans, a little more transparency, and then let's show them how those loans yeah. perform based on their goals. So it, it really is that simple. And the key word is transparency. And this, it, it ties to what, does, what do loan officers want from their CEO? They want transparency and they want connection, turn on the camera. And what do families want from a mortgage professional? Turn on the camera. Let me see your eyes. What are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your goals? And, and to oh. deliver that in a way that's a link. Let's face it. People are delivering the virtual experience with a link. Yeah. When it comes to delivering advice, do it with a link. And, and by the way, that's also the same with your first concept of teaching at scale. You know, are you providing your loan officers with a link that will improve their personal productivity? And I know, Todd, we're going to get to it with Sales Mastery. But the thing that makes me so excited about Sales Mastery being virtual this year is in previous years, to go and hear from the most amazing stage of the mortgage industry, it required lots of links, plane, hotel, driving, out of my office for three days. Um, you know, this year, guys, you can learn how to deliver trust with a link. You know, all you got to do is get a link and you can learn from the best. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's my, my take is it's never been easier. There's never been more evidence of what needs to be done to do that. Why? Because there's lots of webinars. There's lots of interviews. I, I can't remember the name of who you interviewed a couple of days ago in your Facebook group, uh, which, by the way, I love. You're putting so much ridiculous value around high trust today. But you interviewed two amazing mortgage professionals, and, and they told you they're killing it today. These are loan officers that are doing a tremendous amount of business. Today, not last year, not 10 years ago. And, and so, again, I'll say it for the third time. It's never been easier. Um, but it's also shocking to me. There's still lots of loan officers. They're not turning on their cameras. They're not giving the link with total cost analysis. They're not asking the family, what are your hopes, dreams, and your goals? And it's, it's just so easy. Yeah. So let me just pick up real quick and then we'll we'll talk to you guys about number three. So so Dave said it's sometimes it's not just what you do, sometimes it's what you don't do. And so let me just lay this down because Dave brought it up. The same data report, right? 25 countries worldwide. Here are the top five things that can that a consumer says decreases their trust in a brand. Number one, confusing cost transparency. That's number one in 25 countries around the world. The number one thing that decreases trust is cost transparency. So Dave, to your point, to be transparent, to be emotionally transparent, to be relationally transparent, to be product transparent. They say number two is confusing product recommendations. So LOs that don't understand product, that don't understand guidelines, that don't understand how to tie a product to exactly what a borrower wants, they are by default creating distrust. Listen to number three, unwanted selling. Consumers are tired of being sold. They want to be and feel connected. Number three, slow responsiveness. Okay, fourth, sorry, the fourth thing, fourth thing that decreases trust is responsiveness. And then five, and this is going to lead us in the next one, is difficulty getting resolution or having problems addressed. So in one way, we've got, you know, these issues that are that are very real. We have, you know, 25 countries. We're in the U.S. We broadcast Australia. We broadcast to Canada. We broadcast to the U.K. The world is 
is accessible to all these learnings. And there's nothing different between us and 25 other countries, except we have the highest downfall of trust in the last 12 months of survey. Why? Because of these very issues. So here's what we're learning based on this. We're learning that the third thing that matters as a leader is it really is important to understand humanity still drives the world. So there's a book out called Marketing Rebellion. I was up in Kalamazoo in January talking with a mortgage company up there. And um, the theme of their conference was the most human company wins. And I believe that that is true. I believe that right now what we're hearing is we're hearing that consumers desire a deep level of connection. And this is kind of edge of the knife, right? Because we've got this fine line right now between the humanity piece of doing business and the technology piece of doing business. Those two things are very, very close. In fact, the surveys tell us that 83% of consumers choose a financial services company because of the reputation and a great user experience. So that's number one a great user experience. Number two, 81%. So there's only a, a 2% differential. Um, 81%, they make it easy to work with real people. And then number three, another only two point downward, 79%, they choose a financial services company because of the technology and its ease of use and look and feel. So nobody should be surprised that Sales Mastery is digital this year. Nobody should be surprised that we're going to keep humanity at the front end. Everybody loves the idea that they don't have to come, get on a plane, buy a hotel, buy a ticket. And right now, we are north of 20,000 people that want to be part of the digital experience at Sales Mastery. And it's digital, it's technology, but it's humans. It's you and me and Dave. And we're doing the stuff that pulls people in and... Technology and humanity remain the two biggest drivers of conversion, loyalty, referrals, and stick to And I just think it's crazy, Dave, when we, we don't understand what people are actually looking for. And at the end of the day, I don't think anybody borrows money to buy a home that is looking for more stress, that is looking for more financial fear. I don't think anybody's saying I want to take on more debt than I can handle. But what we do know is technology, if not done right, creates even more fear. So the balancing act as a leader is humanity and technology. To your point, Dave, on turning on cameras, um, two of the CEOs I talked with this morning, their mandate is you're not on a webinar with a red line through your camera, period. You, you just can't be, right? And uh, imagine somebody with the red line through their camera, what they're doing when you're talking as a leader, are they multitasking? Are they doing something else? Are they actually listening? I don't know, but there's a huge balancing act here. And I wanna, I wanna share something that I think is important. Now, I want everybody to really just dial in on this. So um, we have a great relationship with a lot of companies in this industry, Stratmore is one of them. And I wanna, I wanna share something with you. Again, the edge of the knife, right? Edge of the knife is technology and humanity, which we call trustology. So they did some surveys and these were announced in March and they looked at technology and they looked at three things. I'll just run this through. Borrowers who considered their lenders online technology and mobile tools to be easy to use. That was the first criteria. They were measuring what's called net promoter score. Net promoter score is the percentage of people that actually promote the brand. So when you're a nine or a 10 at a net promoter score and you have promoters, if you're on the other side of it, you have neutral or you have demoters. So if it wasn't easy to use, the net promoter score went from 89 to a negative 30, which is 119 point negative delta, humanity and technology. So the first criteria, is it easy to use? The second criteria, did they like the visual appeal? Is your technology good looking? I mean, there's, 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 there's good looking and there's bad looking and then there's good performing and there's bad performing. This is just the aesthetics of your technology and the NPS score, if they were not happy with the visibility and the appeal dropped from 91 to a negative 27, which is 118 point Delta. And then the third thing they measured is they measured, um, the ease of use of the technology, keeping them informed and up to date. 
And the impact went from 92 to a negative 42, which is 134 point delta. So technology is good. But what we're hearing right now is anything bad with technology, ease of use, appeal of look, and reasonableness and speed of updates and information can have over a 100 point negative swing in the customer experience, which every CEO knows, I don't wanna be always in the acquisition business. I wanna be in the acquisition business, and then I wanna be in the consumer experience business, and then I wanna be in the retention business. So please, 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 please do a gut check, which we're gonna do in mass at Sales Mastery on how do you balance technology and humanity so that the consumer wins and you have massive referrals. This is the third thing, humanity drives the train. The, the world will always be driven by humans using the best and most effective technology. I think it's that straightforward. Dave, what say you? Yeah, no, it, it is that straightforward. You look at all the most successful companies with the biggest valuations. They are the companies that have done the best job of creating technology yeah. that creates a different and a better human interaction. Yeah. And and I, I do think the mortgage industry is doing a much better job than we were five years ago, but I do think we need to do a better job. And you know, my leader, my my leadership to the C-suite is that don't look at what other mortgage companies are doing to deliver an exceptional experience. You're competing with Instagram. You're competing with Facebook. You're competing with Netflix. You're competing with Zillow. You're competing with great consumer experiences. And, and so, yeah, you do need a best of breed technology platform. But, you know, I, I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again. Technology is essential. It is important. You need to be best of breed, but leadership is more powerful. So you need to, you know, from the C-suite down, like when I see great companies that are unlearning old ideas, learning new ideas, relearning new processes, it is when the C-suite is, is doing that. It's when they're connecting and they're driving it. And they're not just, okay, this quarter, we're rolling out this technology, we're rolling out this um, improvement process, but it's like pick things that are going to move the needle for you, and then and then you know realize you're going to have to chop wood for for months after months after months, and to make these cultural changes, it could take years, but you've got to make that commitment. And and yes, we live in a virtual world today, so you need to turn on the camera, or you're not even a human being; you are a name tag, and and if you show up and there's horrible lighting and they can't see your eyes. Like you don't have to have a great studio. They just need to be able to see your eyes because that's who you are. That's where trust is built. And, um, and again, the combination of the two technology, humanity is the ultimate competitive advantage. Uh, and I, I would say just keeping things simple, keeping things clear, but Todd, we could go on forever on this uh, change three. I think yeah. we've crushed it. If anybody is on one of the social medias, like this is live broadcasted on a multiple platforms. We would love to know your questions, love to know your comments. And then we will be playing the recording of this. It will be in the Mortgage Coach YouTube channel. It'll be in Todd's channels. Uh, give us questions and comments down below. We, wanna, we want to help the people that follow us. I know anybody that follows Mortgage Coach community, I want you to have a competitive advantage. And I know that Todd wants anyone who goes to Sales Mastery Anyone that connects to his high trust no. um, mission, we we want you to be better leaders. So if you have questions, let us know what they are. Uh, Gino just made a comment. Adoption is the holy grail of efficiency. Roger that, Gino. Roger hope, that, you know. <laughs> hope uh, leadership trust creates confidence for those on the front line, and that generates consumer confidence. So. That's a really good point, which she's saying to every CEO watching this. It's it's like if you crush it at the top, your team's gonna crush it at the bottom with your yeah. customer. So yeah. so good, Todd. So so I think the one thing I just want to tie a bow on this thing with is the the industry sells the money. And there's a there's a problem when you're selling the money because you're gonna be selling the economics. And I think consumers are somewhat taught 
to drive the conversation by the economics. And, and at the end of the day, yes, we have to be competitive. Yes, we have to be fair. Yes, we have to have alternate products that we can recommend based on goals and dreams. But what we know is that emotion is what triggers the yes. If I'm buying real estate and I'm financing real estate, it is the emotional experience of what that is going to mean to me that actually justifies the economics, right? And so what we see happening, Dave, and part of what we're going to do at Mastery is we want people to achieve emotional mastery in every conversation they have with a consumer, with a realtor, because if we can get, Peter Drucker said this, he said that people buy with their hearts, not their minds. So you can't sell to the, the economics before you connect to the emotion. Otherwise, the economics are always going to be part of the negotiation. It doesn't mean that emotion eliminates the need to be competitive. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if you don't understand that emotional connection justifies economic acceptance, then your conversion is super, super, super low. So the humanity piece, to Dave's point early on, is the connection piece. And what that requires, I think, is this fourth idea. The fourth idea in, in Leadership Matters is it really comes down to culture. I mean, it really comes down to you as a CEO, you as the owner of your branch, you as a, an LO with a team of four or five assistants. It comes down to the idea that you create a culture that is about the consumer experience. And how do you how do you celebrate that experience? And one of the guys I studied when I was a brand new LO was a guy named Harrington Emerson. And the guy was a um, an efficiency theorist, right? And so he studied efficiency his, his whole life. And here's one of the quotes I learned when I was 23. He said, as to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The person who grasps the principles can successfully select his own methods, but he who tries methods ignoring principles is going to have trouble. So what does all that mean about culture? Here's my principle. Culture wins over price. Culture wins over product. And most often, culture wins even over strategy. I know CEOs, Dave, you know CEOs that have an absolute winning, high trust, high efficiency, high consumer um, experience culture, and they get through the challenges, they get through the headaches, they get through the ups and downs so much more easily than companies that don't have a culture where everybody has come together. And, you know, one of the things I think is important is to understand for any leader, especially CEOs, is our companies, your company, my company, Dave's company, we are just simply organizations and we, we essentially have two major parts. We have culture and we have people. Okay. Great people have great character. Bad people don't have, don't have great character. They have bad character. And when people have great character, they have great commitment. And what every CEO I think wants is commitment, right? And loyalty is always a two-way street. So when we think about culture, we're thinking about transparency. We're thinking about connection. We're thinking about leaders know what's important to their followers. Um, we think about cultures that embrace uh, the idea of making failure good. Well, we, we look at cultures that have transparency between teams on how we can operate better. We look at we look at culture and and we look at trust and we look at trust transparency. We look at being able to have non-threatening hard conversations. We look at creating meaningful work and relationship among people. I think one of the things that I'm most excited about regarding Sales Mastery Dave is probably 30% of the content is specifically addressed to operations and helping operations teams you know, be more effective in trusting each other, be more effective in the handoffs. And for the first time, because of the digital opportunity, we're able to actually message LOs and teams and having processors, having LOAs, having transaction coordinators really become part of uh, the solution that we are a culture of people working together that our deep desire is to create a win for the consumer. So how do we have these meaningful relationships, you know, leader to LO to operations, operations and sales, marketing to, to both of those. And, you know, at the end of the day, great cultures are about transparency. They're about authenticity. They're about um, making it safe to bring up thought idea. Um, Ray Dalio calls it a meritocracy where everybody in the company has merit at whatever level they're at. They have 
a sense of being able to contribute to the well-being of the company. And I think as leaders, we, we really need to, to understand that, that our organizations are driven by people, people power, period. And when we hire people and we don't empower them and we overmanage them and we make coming to work not fun, we are absolutely sabotaging uh, the potential impact of the brand in the future. So I would ask every leader to, to really think, we get back to training at scale, we get back to developing at scale. You know, what are you really doing to equip the team to be empowered at the highest level possible? And I, I think we could spend a year on just culture. Um, but I think what you and I know, Dave, about leaders is great leaders have a culture where it is fun to come to work, it is enjoyable to pursue the mission, um, it is safe to have conversation and it's empowering to help lead at whatever level you're at, whether you're a processing manager or a closing manager or a county manager. It's just fun, right? What do you see in culture and what's important as you look at CEOs that are particularly around what Gino said, the idea of adoption. And we we, we, we all have this challenge, right? Dave, you have a great solution with um, Mortgage Coach and Total Cost Analysis. We have a great solution with high trust certification and becoming um, high trust as a company. But people aren't going to use it if they don't believe it. And I think what makes what we do so important is it's hard to deny what a total cost analysis does for a borrower. It's really hard to deny the value. It's really hard to deny the value of what a trusting relationship looks like between a lender and a borrower. That's the culture that everybody needs to create. And we think cultures are getting challenged right now um, a lot based on the, the sheer volume of business that we have. So what are your thoughts on culture? So I'm going to say something that's a little, I don't know if I've ever said it the way I'm going to say it. And I came up with this uh, in preparation for this meeting. Kind of what do I think is important about culture going forward? Yeah. And, and so everything Todd said, absolutely. But most of our mutual clients, Todd, they're, they're leaders of loan officers that are referral-based and they're local. And, and I do believe that COVID has accelerated the digital transition taking place in financial services yeah. by at least five years and maybe a decade. And, and so with that said, you know, technology, anything that can be automated will be automated. And whatever time frame it was going to happen in, in Q1, it's going to be five to 10 years faster in Q3. That's, there's been a tectonic shift yep. in technology. So I think CEOs need to evolve some of the key performance indicators. I, I have yet to see a CEO at the end of a quarter, at the end of a month, not talk about production. Hey, we closed this many loans. And guys, you should be. Production is what drives the engine. That's what drives top line revenue. That's what drives loan officers commissions. It is absolutely the number one metric. So I get it. And I'm not going to try to talk you out of that being the number one metric. But you, you know what? Like if I wanted to find out how many families served in the industry, it's not easy. How many loans were actually done? You usually have to go, okay, let's divide average loan amounts by production to find out how many families served. Um, another key metric that I don't see being driven and celebrated to C-suite is who did the most loans for past clients? So we've got X number of past clients. Who's the loan officer in the company that had the most repeat business? Let's celebrate that. And then we talk about the ripple effect, like the, we want our loan officers delivering this high trust experience at the point of sale, which means what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your goals? Here's the mortgages that help you do that. Guys, we are refinancing of America right now. And we are creating a tremendous amount of financial stimulus for families. I want to know from the CEOs listening to this, how much money did you save families last month? So I, I know you'll know what your production, you know, hey, we did this much in business. And I'll bet you, you can find out how many credit reports you ran. And I'll bet you, you know, how many loans you closed. But do you know how much money you put back into Americans' lives? And guys, that, that is a valuable number that I would love to see some CEOs and some heads of production creating what I want to call client for life cultures, where, where yes, we work hard to make a lot of money. We make hard to close a lot of loans, 
but we work just as hard on the ripple effect of our advice. So, yeah. so kind of pushing the C-suite to creating those client for life cultures and sharing, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate it. Let's just, you know, two or three metrics. How much money did we save people monthly? Who's the loan officer that had the most repeat business? And a little bit more focus on that, I think would be, uh, it would not only serve your culture and make you a very attractive culture from a recruiting standpoint, but guys, it will serve your loan officers to where the next decade, who cares about Zillow Mortgage? Like if you can get loan officers, hopes, dreams, goals, total cost analysis, you guys are measuring how much money you're saving families. You're measuring things that really build wealth for families. Who cares about Amazon mortgage? Because you will have a client for life culture. So those are my thoughts on culture. Yeah, and I, I would just take it a step further. And this is a nice segue into the, the fifth and final point. But this is the most important point. And you know, I want to pick up where Dave left off. And, and culture has to be everything we've talked about. But I think the thing that is missing is that we haven't created cultures that make um, accountability a positive force in people's lives. I think most people come to the accountability conversation from a position of scarcity or fear or correction or critique. And, you know, I think that's probably the way that we, we typically manage um, low performers and those that aren't up to speed or, or maybe people we're having challenges with, I want to tell you that the best accountability is for your organization, particularly the leaders and top producers in your organization, because the reason people become great is because they're open to course correction and they're open to the ideas on how do we stay very focused on the fewest things that are the most important to measure and then how do we develop the muscle around that every single day? And so when we talk about leadership matters as it, as it um, comes to this idea of equipping and accountability, um, I, I'm fairly certain most mortgage companies don't really even understand the economics of this. And so to Dave's point, you know, we, we, we at, at High Trust and, and specifically when, within High Trust Coaching, which is our coaching company, we're measuring five things every day with our coaching members. These are the same things beyond what you probably normally measure that you should have measurement around. You should measure the total conversations that a loan officer has with clients. And you should break that number into, to Dave's point, what percentage of those calls are from my current tribe, the, the borrowers that I have done loans for previously? And then what percentage of those calls are coming in from uh, referrals like realtors and builders and so on and so forth? Those are three numbers that we need to measure. We also want to constantly measure the percentage of those conversations that trigger a loan into processing. And then we want to measure the percentage of those loans into processing that actually close. And then what we do is we hold coaching members responsible to report that data every day. And the reason why is because we recognize that if we can hold them to this data of accountability, <clears throat> their ROI is going to skyrocket. What do I mean by that? I mean that if under your leadership, you help your originators and your managers and, and even your ops people with the optics of accountability and winning in these certain categories, what ends up happening is you convert more business with less labor cost. And that's really the issue behind this. I was talking with a CEO this morning and they had about 250 LOs that were not performing at level. They were not performing at the minimum standards of the company. And all they did was break those LOs into three different accountability groups. And within eight weeks, half of those 200 plus were now at the performance level or above. What we know is that accountability in coaching is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. In fact, some of the stats are, and this is one from Harvard, I just wanted to share with everybody. Harvard has the data to prove the value of accountability and states, and this is a quote from the Harvard Business Review, no other productivity investment improves sales rep performance better than coaching. Companies that have strong accountability receive an average of $7.90 for every dollar they invest in coaching. So what is important for you guys to understand is that most training content loses traction. Most adoption content loses traction within 90 days. 
One of the guys that's going to be speaking to sales mastery is a guy named James Clear, who wrote a book called Atomic Habits. And the notion behind Atomic Habits and the piece of kind of value I'll give you right now is the most important habits for our sales teams and our leadership teams and our ops teams to develop both personally and professionally, the most important, take over 266 days to become a habit. And so if we are as leaders not leading the charge of a culture of positive accountability, then we're leaving money on the table. Here's one more stat. Selling Power Research, which is an amazing research platform worldwide for selling, they say that effective sales coaching can drastically increase conversion rates by as much as 25%. So when, when you take high trust and you take total cost analysis and you take a branch manager or a CEO that understands what, get, what gets measured gets improved, and we do that in micro moments, I don't want to coach somebody at the end of a month on how good or bad the month was. I want to coach somebody good or bad on how good or bad the day was. And the year can be more productive if the coaching and the accountability and the learning at scale is really measured than almost any other investment a company can make. And so what we see is we see sales mastery as a learning event this year with 40 presenters, 40 pieces of content over five days. And then the ability to use all of that content for a month after sales mastery and then opt in for even another month or two, we see that as being the solution here because if 84% of training is lost after 90 days, we have a responsibility as you have a responsibility as a leader to make sure we keep the main things, the main things and not get distracted. Everybody's life on your team as a CEO can be improved if you lead through accountability, if you lead through catching people doing things right, if you lead through honest conversations, if you make the priorities the priorities and the human spirit is a spirit that wants to win. And what happens is leaders that don't create a culture of positive accountability and feedback loops are missing out on what that opportunity looks like. So for us, the other four, the other four ideas are huge, but the one that makes the biggest impact and why we do what we do, which is produce events that create great content to impact people's lives and transform their experience. We only do that because we want to see people adopt and utilize and make new habits with what we know works. And I think the same is true with you, Dave. We've got a, you and I have a panel that we're putting together called the Modern Day Mortgage Experience. And we're taking LOs that are like having personal records on uh, how they're using the mortgage coach tool and, and how they're doing total cost analysis. Same thing we're doing. We're putting people on stage that have increased their, 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 their uh, hourly rate by six or 700%. Uh, how do people do that? And, 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 and have even more life. And so that's the nature of, of this leadership idea. Your leadership matters, period. How you lead, how you create culture, how you lead from the position of CEO, how you lead with technology and humanity, how you lead with culture, and most importantly, how you lead with accountability. Those are five things that I think any leader could spend their life perfecting, right, Dave? All right. So one of the things I have noticed, and I do a lot of webinars. I've done three live events today with hundreds of people on them. I did five yesterday. I mean, do the math. You know, throughout COVID, I have been on virtual stages at least one a day. And I have noticed a difference from company to company how well they're connecting and how well they're leading. Yeah. Yesterday I was invited on a virtual stage and usually when there's hundreds of people, everybody's auto-muted. I was on a virtual stage yesterday with 288 mortgage professionals at its peak, and they all had the power to turn on or turn off the mute, and they were all on camera. I mean, it was powerful. Engaging. It was culture building. Talk about your ability to lead. Talk about your ability to train. Talk about your ability to create culture through a virtual connection is if you started connecting with all your loan officers like this. So that made me start thinking about sales mastery this year. And why is sales mastery so important? It's because we're not able to get knee to knee 
with people like we could before. Top producers were not able to connect by the pool, go out to dinners yeah. and connect like that. That's not what time it is in the world. But I, I can only speak for myself, but most of the, the value I have received as a leader, it was from that personal connection. It was seeing top performers, because Todd, you always do a great job picking the best of the best. And they know when they walk on the mortgage on the sales mastery stage, it's like whatever their best A game is, they're bringing their best A game. So one, you've got a special person giving a special presentation. So sales mastery this year is important. And, and I hope from what I've said throughout this entire conversation as a CEO, as a head of production, as a regional leader, as a branch manager who doesn't have everybody coming in, coming in under the same roof, we got to turn on the camera. Yeah, They need to see our eyes. We need to connect. And, and Todd, I don't know, you, you told me you're up to about 20,000 people. Uh, guys, in the mortgage industry and the, the sales mastery community, we have the opportunity to not only put on the biggest virtual event that the mortgage industry has ever seen, I mean, we could be an industry that is showing other industries, this is how we connect. Yeah. This is how we mastermind. This is how we learn. So um, I know there's a lot of leaders that are watching a portion of this. And Todd, I, I love the pricing model you've put together for the C-suite. Uh, I really urge you guys to connect with Todd and his team. And, you know, Craig, find out what it would mean to sign up all of your loan officers for sales mastery. And Todd, what is your goal? How many people do you want to put into a virtual sales mastery this year? What's what's the what's your BHAG? Well, the the, the original goal was 20,000, but the fact that we're still 10 weeks out from the event and we're already there um, and we haven't hit our global market yet, um, we're gonna we're gonna have fifty thousand people attend sales mastery this year. Fifty thousand people. Well, it's, it's, I it's gonna I be unbelievable. That. And it's not a Zoom conference. It is a highly produced worldwide global conference that is going to have all the moving parts and all the great technology. 50,000 day. I'm going on record. 50,000. Yeah. And, and then here's the other part of it, guys, is Todd is being super thoughtful about we now live in a virtual economy. And that's another thing that none of us, we've, you know, I am figuring out, I am studying it. If I have the opportunity to be on stages, I will, I will make sure that we're teaching you how to wow in the virtual economy, but we're all learning this together right now. And so there's another reason is, you know, Todd's, you know, in the future of sales mastery relies on crushing it with a virtual experience. And then we're going to hear from all their top performers throughout the mortgage space, how to crush it. Uh, I do hope Todd, I know you're not going to be able to replace uh, going out to dinner with friends, spending time at the pool with friends, but I hope, you know, I'll push you to come up with some interesting networking opportunities uh, so that we can, we can, guys, we can all come together. 2020 sales mastery. Let's have it be the biggest virtual event ever, obviously in the mortgage industry, but let's, let's, let's talk, let's find out what other industries are pulling off and let's, let's crush every industry we can find with creating an amazing virtual event. What do you what do you say to that, brother? I'm saying we're done, we're in, and that's great. I'm, uh, I'm excited about the virtual swimming pool party. I'm excited about the virtual magician. I'm excited about the virtual rock band, and, uh, and I'm excited about the virtual content. So it's gonna be good. We have a lot of surprises, and uh, we're working with the world's best on this. So it's gonna be a once in a lifetime opportunity, and uh, we're excited, Dave. So thanks for so, joining us. And I've seen the phone number running yeah. below. Uh, Todd, just remind everybody how to get in touch, how to how to find out how to get the exclusive, unbelievable corporate pricing. What do yeah. they do, Todd? You can hit uh, craig.young at hightrust.com, or you can just call the toll-free number 866-245-2208, and uh, Craig will get back to you, and uh, it's, an, it's, it's an amazing experience. We're going to keep our corporate pricing model live until July 10th. So after July 10th, um, it's going to be a different deal. But if you can call us before July 10th, uh, we can do this corporate deal with you. It's uh, it is amazing. And then and then one more thing for you guys. I, I think you know I've founded and launched Mortgage Coach from the stage of Sales Mastery. So it's always been in my blood. I've never missed one. And Todd has always been, I, I mean, gracious. But I think it was mutually beneficial to make sure that there were Mortgage Coach leaders 
yep. on stage. And so for any CEO that you want to build a mortgage coach culture, you know, where you want your loan officers, hopes, dreams, goals, TCA, Todd is going to have uh, more loan officers, not throwing you under the bus to, to, or putting pressure on you, Todd, but there's, there's going to be a lot of value. Like if you want your loan officers to deliver a high trust mortgage coach experience, this is an event not to be missed. So anyways, Todd, this was a cool hour of fun. Maybe we went a few minutes over, That's but okay. uh, you know, it was a, it was a good hour of leadership. Thank you. It was fun. Dave, always good to be with you. And uh, as I said to everybody, when Dave froze up, uh, I'm glad he's back. And uh, and we thank you for watching. And uh, if you just want to check out the event, go to salesmasteryevent.com or give Craig a call. All right. Peace out, Dave. Take care, everybody. See ya. Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I am super excited about Sales Mastery 2020, the live digital experience. This is the first time in the 28 year history of Sales Mastery that we've actually gone entirely digital, responding to the market, and we're gonna be broadcasting the event live. What does this mean for you? Well, first of all, front row access, yes, front row access to the longest running event and most extensive training event in the industry, bar none, and 30 days of access to every session after the event has concluded. No airfare, no hotel reservations, no extra expenses, just cutting edge content from world-class speakers, trainers, and industry experts delivered straight to you in the comfort of your own office or home. Click the link in the show notes and check out the speakers, panels, and agenda. Over 10,000 attendees have already registered. Secure your spot today.